Welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone except poor Yoshihashi, but never say never. I am LSJ, or Luke, or whatever the heck you want to call me, with me, as always, I guess as always, it's the second time, but as always, (laughs) here with my co-host Andy, and we'll be covering nights three, four, and five of New Japan Pro Wrestling's New Japan Cup. How are you, Andrew? I'm pretty good, man. Do we need to nail down like uh, our own, like our names? I mean, is it confusing for listeners? You know, when we each have like three different names, should we should we nail it down, or, or do we not care? No, I don't care about that. <laughs> I mean, we're not the important part of the show anyway. But uh, man, I love that <laughs> intro song. It's awful catchy, don't you think? Oh yeah, yeah. I, we were headbanging to it before we pressed record and. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely a headbanger man well uh luke where can folks find us on the internet and where can they tell us if they like our nicknames or not all right if we have too many names you can email us at neveropenpod at gmail.com or you can just uh you know tell us off directly on twitter uh, my handle is grumpy2 that's the number two e b for Electric Boogaloo there, and uh, we have our own uh, Twitter that you you usually use because uh, I guess we can't use it at the same freaking time. But it's at Never Open Pod over there on the on the tweet. So uh, you know, follow us, join us for shows, or uh, if you're not with us live, you know, go and have a look at our stuff uh, afterwards. You know, uh, I don't know. I'm going to look into that because I'm pretty sure we can both use it at the same time. But now a mystery is solved. I was I wondering. No, but the reason I say we can't is because like if we both use it at the same time, people, no one's going to know what the fuck uh, said what. And I don't want to have to put in brackets every single tweet. Like, this is funny, by the way. Luke said this. Okay. Fair enough. Well, we could do like Hulk Hogan and have the HH at the end, brother, you know, but uh, no, I, I agree with you, uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, I, it is a lot of fun. We just got done watching the uh, night uh, five and uh, the live tweeting today was a lot of fun. And man, uh, I don't know, Luke, what do you think about this week versus last week? How, how does this one stack up? Okay. Uh, one of the nights I'm looking at you night four was not the greatest night of New Japan Pro Wrestling I've ever seen. Was it a total stink fest? No. There was still some fun to be had, but yeah, it I think we got spoiled on night three. Like really spoiled. And so uh night four, Paul wrestles on night four. we but I'm just like, I love you guys, but oh man. Uh you know, and that's the thing with wrestling shows with the amount of wrestling that, that we get with new Japan and, and all that stuff, not everything we watch is going to be a winner. But the good thing is even on a off day, new Japan pro wrestling is still pretty solid and a lot of fun. Turns out. Yeah. There was one in particular thing on night four that made me shit my pants. So uh, <laughs> it was amazing. But uh, well, Luke, I think that every week or every time we have an episode, we should talk about a different 
just aspect of New Japan. And what I, I was hoping we could talk about today is how do you watch it? You know, because there's a lot of people out there that may be listening to this that don't watch it or don't know how to watch it. And, you know, we don't work for New Japan, but we want you to watch it so you can join in the fun. How do you watch it, Luke? <laughs> I think it's a given that we're shilling for New Japan to win a New Japan <laughs> fan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I watch it at uh, njpwworld.com. So I've got a HDMI cable that uh, runs from my laptop all the way to my TV. But, uh, you know, that's how I usually watch it. Uh, We've got another TV in another room with a Chromecast in it. And that that works fine, usually for smaller shows. Um, If it's a bigger show, like, say, a Dominion or a big G1 night or something like that, might want to stick to the... the, uh, the other setup but yeah uh i've i've got it on my phone you can get a new japan world app on your phone which will help you uh chromecast onto things as well or just you know watch it on your phone on the go but i generally watch it on my nice big tv i'm looking at it right now because uh, thanks to that hdmi cord i've got my notes on it and (laughs) which is very helpful but that's how i watch it what about you well um, normally I did what, like back in the day when it first came out, I did what you do and I had an HDMI cable and HDMI cable. That's, that's how you say that. And I put it in the TV and, uh, and that worked really great. But, um, then I got a Chromecast, right? And the Chromecast works really well. You got, for some reason, I always have to try it twice and it works the second time every time. But re- recently, um, Apple, I, I use Apple stuff, and uh, there is a app update for the iPhone, which screwed up Chromecast. So I don't know if you've noticed this, but, like, the uh, sound will be off. Uh, you know, it's not quite on the beat or on tempo or whatever with, with the video when you watch their Mac. But if you look at the New Japan World site, they have a system maintenance coming up here in a couple days to fix that. Now, I knew we needed, you know, a way to, or I needed a way to watch this that was more – you know, successful as far as that goes while this is going on. So I bought an Amazon Fire Stick, and um, it works really great on there. It's, you know, it's at 1080p at 60 hertz or whatever. It's really high quality. But my only beef is that every time I log into it, I have to put, I have to log in. I have to put my email and the password in every damn time, which fucking sucks. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> especially when I'm doing that at like five 30 in the morning you know, here. And I'm like, what is my email? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh shit. I just had a thing about uh, how people watch new Japan wrestling and it's gone. So let's, uh, let's move to night three, shall we? Of the new Japan cup. What do you reckon? Yeah. Sounds good, man. I'm uh this is kind of, one of the best nights of the the whole damn thing so far. Uh, it is absolutely incredible, but uh, there is an announcement at the start, which is all in Japanese. But anyone who watched the Kevin Kelly uh, delayed broadcast, he probably explained to everyone what it's about. But thankfully, Chris Charlton was on Twitter, and the announcement at the start of Night Three was about their brand new Friday night primetime show, which starts July third. So it looks like even when the tour's finished, there's going to be at least a couple of hours New Japan every week. Yeah, sort of. So it, it, this is 
kind of like a NXT type situation. At least it seems like this stuff, a lot of this stuff's already been filmed at the New Japan Dojo in America. And so this is basically all the Gaijin wrestlers that are either promising wrestlers that they want to, you know, sign to the new Young Lion program or just people that are stuck in America. So I think that that's the kind of folks we're going to see. I did hear that Filthy Tom Lawler is going to be on there and a bunch of guys that, you know, you kind of heard of from uh, the United States and everything. So that's interesting. Now, Luke, we made it an executive decision about this show, though, right? We did? Yeah. You, uh, asked, if, you asked if we were going to cover it, and we both were like, hell no. Oh, yeah. Well, if it's just... <laughs> yes, 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 yes. My brain... Look, uh, if, it's all, if it's a young lion fest... Look, there's no offense to young lions. They're great. They're up and coming. There's nothing wrong with wanting to watch an all-young lion show, but they are often draws. Or uh, just finish with a you know a usual Boston crab or a, a suplex of some kind. It can be uh, not fun to cover, I guess, because we'd be just be like Yoda Suji versus Yurimura. Uh, I'm, I'm using um, Japanese um, young lions. I can't remember the names of all the American ones. You know, and oh, it ends in a draw, or you know, it's Boston Crab City or something like that. It's <laughs> Now, if they manage to actually look, they've got a they've actually got a New Japan champion living in America right now, which is uh, Mr. John Moxley. So, there, if there's a possibility that we might get some uh, some Kenta or some Moxley or some uh, Switchblade or even uh, Gorillas of Destiny, because I think they're all uh, stuck in America at the moment. So maybe that's a possibility, or maybe I'm uh, just being a little too hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're being too hopeful. I think this, uh, like I said, most of this stuff's already, you know, been filmed and, you know, and it, it might be fun and it might be something that I watch. I just don't know that it's worthy of uh, of never open podcast. So, yeah, that's that's how high and mighty we are already. So, yeah. We're like a New Japan snobs already. <laughs> Wait, I was, I've been a New Japan snob for years. So. <laughs> All right. So, like another thing I want to mention before we get into the actual matches is where they're filming this. Uh, I, I just want to say like uh, the professionalism of the wrestlers is amazing because the commentators, you know, they don't do anything wrong that they, they do their normal commentating stick, but you can hear them uh, echoing slightly in the uh, empty arena. And you got to know that the wrestlers are beating the crap out of each other while also hearing the commentators <laughs> talk about them quite plainly on at ringside. So, the fact that uh, none of the wrestlers you know, during the matches or anything like that seem to acknowledge any of the commentators, especially when you know they can hear them say, Lariato! <laughs> and uh, Ishii! Or something like that really loud. You know that uh, they can hear them. So I just uh, <laughs> I just thought that was fun. It's and- true. It's true. I My favorite New Japan uh, Japanese announcer trait is when a big move happens and you just hear, that's what I like. And and it might be two or three guys yelling like that at the same time. And they're not saying a word. They're just yelling because look at what just happened. Well, if they could all just go, oh, shit, they probably would. Maybe they do. We don't know. (laughs) And they're at a different place than they were 
the previous week. So the previous week looked like a smaller venue. Uh, I didn't notice any echo from the commentating team that that time either, probably because of the smaller venue and stuff. But it's not an annoyance. You notice it, you get over it, and then uh, you just watch it. I think you theorise this might be Corrick and Hall on the on the uh, good old website. It just says unknown, unknown. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Kurgan Hall. It, you know, it's and it looks weird without the posters hanging up, and you know, instead of entering from the sides, the wrestlers are entering from the the straight on curtain, you know. And I don't know, but it, you know, Kurgan Hall. One of these days, we'll just kind of have to do a 10, 20 minute talk just about that venue and how legendary it is and how. I love it, and it's a little different now, but it does feel very New Japan, and that building screams pro wrestling, so it feels pretty nice. Yep, and I I guess we started off (laughs) with a match where Doki doesn't lose, so we've got (laughs) Yuji Nagata, we've got uh, Yuya Uramara, Yota Suji, and Gabriel Kidd versus Suzuki Goons, Daoki, Yoshinobu Katamaru, El Desperado, and Minaro Suzuki. So Suzuki's pissed off. Uh, he just lost an epic match from the previous week against Yuji Nagata. But that's okay. Yuji Nagata's brought three young lines with him for Suzuki to take his frustrations out on. <laughs> well, and, and this is obvious that now this story is going to continue, you know, because Suzuki didn't give a shit that he was even in a match. He just attacked Nagata and beat the shit out of him. And that was pretty much his only goal in this match. So, you know, maybe at Dominion, we'll get these two uh, fighting in a singles match or something, which I would love to see again. I mean, it was so awesome. Um, Luke, one thing I want to tell you real quick too, we forgot that we kind of were talking about this and dancing around it last week, but we didn't nail it home. We were talking about how Dookie is here in New Japan because someone got injured. And and then we talked about that person being injured but didn't connect the dots, and that was Desperado. So it was Desperado that got injured and got and wasn't in the Super Junior, so then Dookie came in and took his place. Okay, and, and uh, I like how you say uh, Dookie. Uh, okay, that's uh, – uh, poor, poor Dookie. He needs to do something about that name, dude. <laughs> Well, someone was giving a shit about, like, oh, good luck pronouncing names. So, you know, suck it, buddy. We're pronouncing them all exactly the way they're supposed to be pronounced. That's right. And, yeah, so I guess they must have liked how – must have liked Doke Dowkey's reliability or something because uh, he's stuck around. So he's pretty much like Suzuki Goon's Chase Owens, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, true. Look – with a match like this, what you've got to do is you've got Yoda Suji, Yuya Uramara, and Gabriel Kidd. So you, I guess the idea behind this match is which young lion do you think is getting pinned? <laughs> I had my money on Gabriel Kidd because I think he's the uh, lowest totem on the young lion uh, pole. Uh, that didn't sound good. And... You know, El Pinche, El Pinche Loco and El Desperado pins Yota Suji. Luke, do you know what that means in English? Uh, like so, crazy shit. Fucking crazy. That's what it means. Pinche is fucking. Loco's crazy. Uh, um, I used to work with a bunch of Spanish-speaking people, and I was known as Pinche Andy because Pinche Andy. That's you know. <laughs> 
It's pretty great. So. <laughs> and we have our uh, first tournament match of the night. It's uh, Ryusuke Taguchi versus Sonata. And they do a trope in New Japan that I really like that you see sometimes. You see him sometimes in a card of matches. And it's one of those things where, uh, all right, they go to fist bump. You know, Taguchi really wants that fist bump. And then as as Sonata comes in for the fist bump, he, he goes to kick him and he catches the leg. And then there's that, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then, you know, carefully placing the leg back down onto the ground and backing off, which leads to them catching each other's legs and placing them down on the mat as, as, as nice as nice can be. So uh, I really like fun little spots like that. You know, the uh, other wrestler trying to get the uh, one upmanship on the other. Well, and Taguchi's the master of that kind of stuff. You know, he, like we've said before, I mean, he's, he can be a serious wrestler, but even then he's going to work in a little bit of comedy here. And Sonata doesn't make facial expressions. So he (laughs) does not make any facial expressions, no matter what is happening. So his reactions to Taguchi or non-reactions were really fun. Um, (laughs) Luke. He's a cold skull. (laughs) <laughs> he is. It's Cold Skull. You got to say it real quiet and then yell his name. They go, Cold Skull. Sonata! Like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about Sonata's journey uh, over the past year in New Japan? I think they got a story for him. You know, I don't think – I think there's a reason everyone else at LIJ has a title and Sonata doesn't. I think there's going to be – a story, whether it plays out in this New Japan Cup or over the course of uh, the rest of the year, addressing the fact that, you know, there's no titles in Sonata and yet two members of LAJ have two titles. So, you know, as for that, I think he's a wrestler that gels really well with everybody. But usually, yeah, he keeps his style generally the same, but he's able to kind of have these kind of fun comedy matches and I just remember having him having classics with Zack Sabre Jr. and things like that. He's got this ongoing story, I guess, that he can't ever beat Okada, but he finally did that last year, which, uh, you know, led to him losing to Okada again. So, (laughs) Which that's a lot of people's story, by the way, but yeah, it's, it's almost like, you know, with Sonata, it's like he's, you know, in new Japan, you know, for listeners and folks that are new to it, it takes years for guys to get to the top, typically. I mean, very rarely, you know, only in the, like, John Moxley's, you know, situation, which he didn't, you know, he's still not at the top. You know, they gave him a title or whatever, but the point is, is that to get to the top, you need years. And so Sonata is one of these guys that, like, in three or four years, I could see being, you know, main eventing, uh, you know, the Tokyo Dome. But that's, like, ten guys in New Japan that have that same kind of thing. And it's really important in pro wrestling because of injuries and who knows what else is going on, you know, with these guys, you got to have people that can step up at any time, any time. And I think of of all the promotions in the world, new Japan does this better than any of them where every single person on the roster for the most part is a legit threat for the title. All they need is about a month, you know, give them a month. Well, fuck Yoshihashi and his stupid (laughs) crap. I don't like him. You're right. Except for Yoshihashi. Good call. But yeah, you, and it's a fun match. Like there's a there's one spot I wanted to mention where Taguchi thinks he's put the <laughs> the paradise lock on Sonata. <laughs> it's uh, yeah that that move where he 
Mason Nutt always ties people in knots. So many people want to mimic that move, and uh, Taguchi thinks he's he's fucking nailed it, and yet Sonata's standing up behind, <laughs> standing up behind him. There's some pretty cool <laughs> counters. Um, and stuff and in that, match too, so but fun hmm. stuff about that uh, Paradise Lock thing too is that I, I don't know if it was invented by, but you know it's definitely brought to New Japan by Milano Collection AT, who is uh, you know one of the announcers, and he was like the first guy to win the Super Juniors and then enter the G1. He's a legendary wrestler in New Japan. And, uh, you know, so a lot of times Taguchi or whoever's trying to learn it will like kind of, you know, they will acknowledge him as an announcer and say, hey, can you help me out? <laughs> because we teach me this thing. Come on, how do I get out of this? And so a lot of times when a guy's tied up in it, they're just looking at Milano going, hey, what do I do? <laughs> this is great yeah. stuff. Milano's never going to help anyway. He's usually no. sitting at the commentary position wearing a uh, Sonata T-shirt. <laughs> you know, Sonata and Evil being his two favorite wrestlers, so uh, you're not going to get much help out of out of uh, Milano Collection that way. And we've got got a, a, a bridging suplex kind of thing, and uh, and Sonata wins, defeating Taguchi. Not too much of a surprise there, but it was still you know a really really fun match. Great way to open the show. And following that, for me anyway, is match of the night. Uh, the match I probably would have preferred to have seen be the main event, which is uh, Show versus Takagi Two Belts. Uh, I've been loving the story of these two, which I guess is a very Okada story. If you now that I think of it, where uh, Show can never quite beat Shingo, he gets a little closer each time, but uh, either in tags or in one-on-one uh, -on -one matches, but can never quite pull it off. And shows not fucking around. They they start off, you know, colliding with each other right out the gate. What do you think of this match? Oh, it's fantastic. It doesn't get much better than this. And if you're a listener and you're not familiar with this feud or this story, uh, New Japan's uh, application for um, it does have a pretty for the for New Japan World it does have a pretty good search function so you can just search Show versus Takagi or Show versus Shingo and it'll bring up every match they've ever been in with each other and I would recommend going back to the beginning and seeing the like four or five matches that they had against each other and you'll see what we were talking about in episode one where you know they're using moves to tell the story and which moves and you know and all it, it's just awesome. Um, and, you know, I noticed that Sho was really trying to work over Shingo's arm because that's what you want to do. Shingo's got the most ridiculous lariat, you know, in the juniors, in the heavyweights. I don't know. He's one of the best at the lariat. So you want to try to stop him from doing that, you know, and that was kind of the key to success maybe for Sho here. Yeah. So this match features lots of my favorite things, which are <laughs> lariats and suplexes. Suplex the hell out of each other, clotheslines, show. Like I, I love the suplexes Shingo does. He's he's very powerful, but, but oh, I love a dead. I'd love a deadlift German, and I like I like that spot where they kind of make make it look like oh, will he do it? Will he do it? And slowly gets him up over for a German. Show does that, not just. He does it all the time, not just on juniors, though. He does it on heavyweights quite often as well. And, oh, man, I th I th thought 
Shingo was going to come away with the win here, but uh, oh man, shock arrow and show beats Shingo Takagi, which uh, depending on how show goes in the new Japan cup, if he loses, which I, I don't see him winning the cup, but in his back pocket there, he'll have a never open title shot with Shingo Takagi in the future. I am hoping. This is another, yet another way that New Japan tells stories is that, you know, we'll talk a little more about the tournaments and which ones there are and all that stuff later. But in these tournaments, champions get pinned, you know, and not always, but most of the time a champion will get pinned during the G1, during, you know, one of these tournaments, New Japan Cup, whatever. And so when that happens, then you have an automatic storyline to fall back on when the tournament's over. It also yep. kind of tells you that Shingo's not going to win the tournament and, and uh, or excuse me, Show's not going to win the tournament because, you know, to me, that kind of that's the Shingo story is more important than the tournament for him because he's obviously not going to go beat, you know, Naito, but uh, that's just my opinion. No, I agree there. Uh, so I would say, even though it does set up a storyline, it's still a surprise. Uh, you, you easily could have seen them draw out the can show beat Shingo storyline out longer, but now, now he's finally done it. Uh, the Band-Aid's been ripped off. Uh, show is a threat to Shingo and to Shingo's never open title, so that's very exciting. And following that, I know I know Show versus Shingo was my favorite match of the night. It doesn't mean the next two matches suck. It really doesn't because we've got one of my favorite matchups. We've got Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. And I really like this match, though this is very much one of those Zack Sabre Jr. matches where he dominates and it's more like, the wrestler wins by, uh, in this case, Kota Ibushi wins by surviving what Zack Sabre Jr. throws at him. So I thought it was great. Ends with a Kamagoye for uh, Kota Ibushi and he advances. But, uh, wow, really good match. And I thought Zack Sabre was going to twist him up. <laughs> he did, man. I mean, you know... There's all these crazy spots where he's got him, you know, uh, next to the ropes uh, in some kind of crazy pretzel. And then Ibushi's trying to reach for the ropes, but no, he grabs that arm. And then he go goes for the other arm. Oh, no, he's got all four arms, you know. And you were kind of talking about that in our first episode about how you can't even tap out to Zack Sabre Jr. You just have to yell, I quit, you know. Um, and you also mentioned something I would like you to elaborate on, if you can. You mentioned that Kota Ibushi, you said, oh, he looks like uh, just kind of like your white meat baby face type of dude, but he's insane. What do you mean Ibushi's insane? He, uh, he, he does moves that this guy, he, he just looks like a, Oh my God! I'm just trying to elaborate. This is just a crazy motherfucker. Is pretty much what I mean. You know, you you see that kind of look that he has, and it's and it by no means reflects what he does in the ring at all. He's he's kicks and strikes. He he's one of the most brutal competitors New Japan has, in my opinion. And he's. Like, he had a match with someone where, by the end of it, he put over a move and he had a concussion by the end of it. Like, this guy, 
this guy is fucking crazy. I watch his, some of his matches, especially like if you watch any of his uh, series with Naito from, say, the last year, which is uh, let me fuck your neck up. No, I'm going to fuck your neck up. And his matches have a tendency to be a little uncomfortable to watch. And, and I mean that in a great, in a good way. He's very stiff. Some some of his kicks and strikes look a little too real. Uh, and I mean that in the best way possible. Like, he's just deadly. Uh, I think that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say here. You don't want to you don't want to fuck with Kota Ibushi. That's for sure. Well, and and also just to kind of add on to that, he broke his neck like twice or something. You know, I mean, this guy is is um someone who has become nearly paralyzed by pro wrestling on more than one occasion, and he still is is just a crazy motherfucker, like you said, who doesn't care. And he's got like all these guys, a lot of them <clears throat> have like a fourth gear. You know, they get into the first gear, second gear, third gear, and like some regular matches. And then they have a fourth gear that's like a main event style. But Ibushi has like a fifth gear that he goes to when shit gets really, really scary. And we'll talk about that a little more when we get to the uh, weekly recommends and all that stuff. But, man, this match was awesome. Uh, You know, I I was surprised by the finish because, like you said, it did kind of come out of nowhere, so to speak. But that's... That's kind of sometimes the New Japan style of match, you know. Um, the way that American wrestling works is usually it's a three-act structure. You got the uh, shine, which is, you know, where the baby face is beating up the good or the bad guy and all the crowd's all into it. And then the bad guy will cut him off and we'll get the heat section, which is where the bad guy's just beating the shit out of him forever. He'll do a couple comes back, so he'll get cut off, and then we'll have the finish. And that's your three-act structure. Um, New Japan sometimes has a one or two act structure, or sometimes they have four or five. So, you know, like in this case, this was kind of like a two act structure where it was just like kind of like Zack Sabre Jr. beating the shit out of him, him kind of trying to come back, trying to come back. And then he wins, you know, so it's a little different, you know, and, and I really enjoy analyzing the match structure on these matches, especially New Japan, because it's so different and different is good, in my opinion. Yeah. So I, I kind of like that too because uh, some of these finishes that a lot of wrestlers have are quite deadly, and so it doesn't quite matter if you've spent you know, 10, 20 minutes getting your ass kicked. All you need is that one lucky shot, you know, kind of like a, a real sport, uh, as it were. You know, sometimes all it takes is just, you know, one punch to the face or one kick or something and you rock your opponent, you know, put your finisher on. Well, not in real sports, but, you know, put your finisher on and it can be over just like that. And so uh, I'd say even though Koto Ibushi beat Zack Sabre Jr., he, he fucking survived. He had to, he spent that match trying to, uh, to survive it all. So now, uh, Right before that match, I know I'm going backwards here. There was usual disinfectant and cleaning the ring and stuff, but and a grandmaster, way to the grandmaster thing. But uh, I saw a commercial for like fanny packs for the IC and uh, heavyweight title belts, and I was like, I don't really wear fanny packs, but I would have worn a never open one. Do they have them? No, no, they don't have those. And uh, I'm absolutely devastated and gutted, and it totally ruined my night. No, I didn't. But. <laughs> After that, we have our main event. 
for the evening, which is Tai Chi versus Tanahashi. And you always know that a match isn't quite going to end until uh, Tai Chi whips his pants off. <laughs> we were messaging, and like the match was going on and on, and, and you were like, he hasn't even taken his pants off yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I also s- said, especially after show one against uh, Shingo, I just had a feeling because, you know, all right, they're setting up a never open weight kind of thing there. I'm like, I wonder if uh, either Tai Chi or Zack Sabre Jr. might pull out a victory tonight. So out of the those two matches, I thought, well, I think Zack Sabre Jr. is probably going to pick up the win here. No offense to Tai Chi, but, uh, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. is usually more of a threat in uh, big matches, especially in tournaments, than uh, Tai Chi is. But we're in for a surprise with this main event. It was really, really cool match, but the thing is, <laughs> there had to be a beatdown on Tanahashi before the match because, you know, if Hiroshi Tanahashi is, in, as a, is at full strength, no one's going to believe that fucking Tai Chi is going to beat this That's guy. True. That's true. So, yes, we did the in, leg knee uh, injury tease again, you know, the previous week. But now we've got him being extra beat up before the bell even rings. So Tanahashi is even extra damaged, which uh, I guess is good for Tai Chi because he tries to hit it a few times. But yeah, Black Mephisto. And holy shit, Tai Chi has just beat Hiroshi Tanahashi, which is good. Like, I think it fits a trend with Tai Chi because he did get a big win over Naito last year. So... You know, I think they're setting him up to be a, a threat every now and again. Like, every now and again, you'll see Tai Chi with a big name, and I think uh, he's going to be one of those guys who can deliver surprises, and he did one tonight. Yeah, it's just like we were talking about before with uh, Sonata. You know, he's a guy who's pretty much just in the chamber, you know, ready to be uh, tapped any time, and stuff like this really adds to his legitimacy, even though he cheated and, you know, but I mean, if Tai Chi's in a match and he doesn't cheat, then it's not a Tai Chi match. So, you know, uh, he, he, you know, he's got Suzuki Goon in his back and they're coming out and interfering and everything. And I love the result of this match because I was so scared we were going to get uh, Tanahashi all beat up and somehow he overcomes and wins the whole thing, you know, uh, yeah. but, but because this isn't the case, we're not setting that up. You know, we're setting up probably some kind of uh, thing with the heavyweight title belts because him and Ibushi are uh, are the champions. And you had a comment about them. You said that uh, that Ibushi and Tanahashi were the most handsome tag team champions of all time. Is that right? I, I think so. Uh, you know, I did say that out loud as I typed it to you as you were watching uh, <laughs> night, night Five. And uh, Charity was, uh, you know... She's always paying attention when uh, Kota Ibushi matches on the TV. And she's like, yep, you're right. That is correct. <laughs> so, you know, that's, uh, that's, it's no lie. It's, uh, it's an actual fact. I got, uh, I got, I got back up there in that, in that, in that case. <clears throat> I so, can't wait. 
can't wait to talk about tonight's or you know the match that just happened earlier today the tag match that involved tanahashi and taichi because man there's some crazy shit in the match too. oh yeah we will get there but we have to get over the uh the hump that is night four of the new japan cup and yeah they hmm yeah <laughs> It's like they put all the all the matches you weren't really sure you even wanted to see all on one night, you know. But like we said, there's one shining, you know, beacon among the clouds, and uh, and we'll get <laughs> to that. But, but I mean, there was some good stuff on this night too. I mean, maybe I'll talk you into liking some of this a little bit. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's actually possible, but I doubt the first match you'll be able to turn my mind on, around on, because we've got Yo versus Bushi. Uh, apparently. Yo's teasing a new move called the Blind Falcon. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if we saw any move called the Blind Falcon. Uh, and him him saying that he has this new move to debut, my mind immediately goes, well, if he's got a new move, obviously he's going to win because he's going to pull this new move out and everyone's going to... Oh, I was going to say everyone's going to go nuts, but there's no crowd. But, you know, <laughs> he's going to pull out this new move and I think it has something to do with maybe a Nelson setup or something like that. Never... I, did you see it? I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't, but he tried to set a few things up, and we heard the commentators do the, ah! you know, like the preparing to scream scream that they do. And so, you know, I you could be right that that was him trying to set it up a few times. We won't know till we see it uh, for sure. It's a shame that we didn't see it, but if it's a new move, maybe it's good we didn't do it in this match because uh, this was Bocce McBotcherson. Um, you know, I – I good together i will yeah. i will say i, I like both these guys but yeah, you know the thing is too. is that, you know when you're a great wrestler not a good wrestler a great wrestler like ishi for example you can have a great match with anybody no matter who they are they can have a great match with me you know and i don't even know how to wrestle and uh when you get two guys that aren't great but are good you know i mean kind of c plus you know then what happens is is that it just doesn't and they don't have chemistry then it just doesn't quite work and they don't bring each other up to a level they bring each other down to a level and that's yeah. what i think happens so it ends with the botchiest looking mx which uh i know there were botches on both sides in the match but that mx was definitely not bushi's fault uh, yo was not in place probably properly and uh it, it did look ooh, a little not great but you know, MX and uh, Bushi beats Yo, and thankfully, that is you know 15 minutes and 42 seconds that I can you know scrub from my memory. <laughs> well, Luke, this next match has one of my least favorite wrestlers in it, but right. I gotta tell you, I fucking love this match. I really enjoyed it too. There's one point in it though that I'll bring up in a tick, but we got uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzin versus Yoshihashi. Uh, it's a pretty good match, and I really like Yoshihashi's chops in this one. They're they're quite loud. They look really nasty, and you know I really like those. But as I said before, like there's one point in this match where uh, Tenzin has. Yoshihashi in a submission hold, not very close to the ropes. You know, Yoshihashi's not really moving or anything to get out of it. And 
Tenzin just lets him go because he got bored, I guess, and wanted to do other moves. But apart from that one part where I'm just like, all right, Tenzin's got, gotten sick of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's probably, he's probably tired from bumping his ass off the whole match because, man, he – I mean, like, Yoshihashi – Is that what did, he did? Did he, yeah. did he just put that rest hold on Yoshihashi just so he could get his breath back for a couple I minutes? Was, Probably, because, man, uh, Tenzon fucking worked his ass off in this match. I mean, he did every bump that he can do, like every single one. And, uh, you know, we we always joke around when we see legends on the independent circuit in my area. We always say, you know, like, well, how many bumps are they going to take? And usually it's like none, you know, or one. And, uh, you know, fucking Tenzon is a legend, and man, he's still a legend, bumping his ass off for a young talent to try to put him over, and this match was Tenzon putting Yoshihashi over huge. I agree. He did everything he could to make Yoshihashi look good, and it worked. I thought Yoshihashi did look good in this match. Unfortunately, he wins with one of my least favorite submission holes in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Which I don't mind Yoshihashi's skill set. I don't mind his lariats, his chops, uh, some of his suplex moves. I don't mind all of that stuff. But his submission move, the butterfly lock, looks like the most comfy, unhurty kind of move you can think of. Uh, I don't quite buy that move. But, you know, uh, Tenzin, Tenzin did, did his job. He made Yoshihashi look good, who you know, with the butterfly luck, unfortunately, advances to the next round. So that match definitely made up for what was quite a uh, botch fest of a first match. And then uh, I think I think we're going straight into what I think is match of the night, and it isn't a tournament match. Nope. Uh, no, it, we've got Chaos versus uh, LIJ. So we've got Sho, Toriyanu, Tomohiro Ishii and Kazuchika Okada versus Hiromu Takahashi, Shingo Takagi, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito. And, <clears throat> excuse me, you always know it's going to be a fun time because uh, the LIJ tag matches are usually the best. And this is no exception. It is. We, we learned some history in this match, too, because we learned that when Takahashi was a young boy... He was hazed by Yano, and Yano cut his hair with clippers. And um, so Takahashi's reaction to this was to be the most frightened person who's ever lived. When he came out, he came out slowly and just stared at Yano. And you've, if you check out our Twitter, I, I made a little like video out of this because it's the greatest thing ever. And he just stared at him for like three minutes. And then you see Yano going, what the heck? Why are you, why are you mad at me? You know, um, and one of my favorite parts of this is that all the other wrestlers on the tag team come out and they're all standing <laughs> and they're doing their like, you know, their pose and fucking uh, Ta- Takahashi is just laying there cowering in fear and they just ignore him. They're just like, ah, you know, that's what he does. He's, he's that kind of guy. <laughs> I love it so much. Luke, you still there? Uh, yeah, I had the mute button on. I said I wasn't going to do that, and and I did it. <laughs> it is. A we should come match. up. 
we should come up with a code for that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that should be a code. Like, uh, what are you in the butterfly lock? You know, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I was definitely, I was definitely <laughs> relaxing in the butterfly lock. <laughs> so this is, this is a great match, but, uh, you know, they do tease a little bit more of, uh, show and Shingo because uh, they're going to have, uh, hopefully, a title match. Hasn't been announced yet. Why would you announce it when uh, one of the people in the who uh, beat Shingo, you know, show he's still in the tournament? So you wouldn't announce a title match yet, which totally makes sense for me. But they're teasing the shit out of Toriyanu versus Hiromu, which, oh, my God. All right, so they're the two legal men at the end of the match. And... <laughs> They both get uh, kind of caught up with each other. I think, uh, you know, the tape comes out, all this kind of stuff, and uh, neither man can make it to the ring on time. So uh, it's a it's a rarity in New Japan that we get these kind of finishes uh, in either tag matches or singles matches, actually. But uh, they do happen, and we have a very rare count-out. So uh, nobody really wins that. Double count-out. And, and uh, Toriano had um clippers hid on his body in like eight different places so every yep. time that uh, <laughs> he had escaped the clippers he had another pair you know and and yano is clearly having the time of his life and hiromu is like this is right up my alley i mean this is like the kind of thing that you can tell both wrestlers are having so much fun with this and i mean they and they also chased each other like out of the ring area too you know they were like backstage you know uh which is a lot of fun so again you rarely see stuff like this specifically in new japan where they go out of the ring area and it's not just into the crowd you know usually that would be into the crowd not backstage but we're going to get a lot more of that later so. yes yes we are in uh, night five still gonna we have a break here after that which you know grandmaster promo and followed by uh you know disinfectant and commercials and shit like that then we got my second least favorite match of the night i'd say after the uh first one which is yujiro takahashi that's uh, the Tokyo Pimp from Bullet Club versus Hiroki Goto. Oh. And and the reason I say that is, all right, I think if Yujiro was wrestling somebody else, maybe that other wrestler would have wrestled in such a way that you could believe that Yujiro might win. At no point in this match did I think uh, Takahashi, uh, meaning uh, you know Yujiro, at no point did I think he could win. And... He doesn't, uh, GTR. <laughs> um, and it was a crappy-looking GTR, too. And Goto, I know everybody loves Goto, and they think he's great, but I think he's in that same category as Bushi and um, and Yo, where, where, you know, he's just not – I've never seen him have a great match with someone who's not as good as him. And, you know, and that's kind of what we had here, and this is what mm. happens. Now, again, you may say, you know, people would say, well, talk, you know, Yujiro Takahashi's not that great, but I disagree. I've seen him have tremendous matches. He has a long storied history, you know, tagging with Naito um, and, you know, in, in New Japan. And he's, he's a tremendous wrestler when he wants to be, and I think he wanted to be here. He just, uh, you know, he had to wrestle Goto. So that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you and Goto. Look, I, I kind of agree with you there. Uh, I've seen Goto have great matches, uh, you know, uh, Switchblade. Like he's a couple of matches of Switchblade last year. You know, we're pretty good. His battles for the Never Never title uh, over the last couple of years have been great as well. But you're right. Uh, I guess he's not one to 
elevate like uh, like someone else, like an Ishii or an Okada or something like that. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I still like him. You know, mm. I, I I can still like a wrestler and not think uh, that they're the bees that, that you know the bees knees are the best ever at the same time. Like that's fine. And then we got our our main event for the night, which is a pretty fun hard hitting match with uh, Satoshi Kojima, Mr. Bread, and Evil. Mr. Bread. <laughs> Mr. Bread. He's always tweeting about bread. I don't know the whole bread story. I guess you know a little bit more about it than oh, you probably know a lot more about it than I do, but he he loves his carbs. I mean, you know, what happened with Kojima is that Kojima, first of all, his his nickname is the Cozy Lariat, which is I don't know what the fuck that means, but it's awesome. So he and he his finisher is a Lariat too, but he um you know, back when the Bullet Club thing was just taking over the wrestling world, you know, there was blank club with everything everyone was you know i mean there's a wrestler over here uh in canada uh named space monkey and he has a banana club shirt you know like everyone was doing that and so kojima started bread club and if you follow him on instagram or or, uh any social media that's all he does is just talk about bread and his tweets will be like he'll be like i wrestle or he'll be like i battle later but now bread hashtag bread club (laughs) (laughs) it's fucking awesome man and uh evil Excuse me, Evil. He is one of my favorite wrestlers in New Japan. Um, you know, a, a buddy of mine uh, that actually um, studied in the New Japan Dojo over here, Lexus Montez. He was just making a point uh, to me the other day that Evil is like a big match guy. Like he never disappoints in big matches. You know, and the further he gets in the tournament, the further he's going to like prove that. But I thought this was a lot of fun. It was kind of clear who was going to win, though. And that's, you know, this this round had a lot of that, you know, where it was like, yeah. obviously, who's going to win? And, and it's a little bit of a bummer because I, I'm telling you, in the past, the New Japan Cup, like all the big guys will just go out in the first round, you know, and they almost use it as a time to rest up for the G1, you know. But um, but this time, obviously, this is a much bigger tournament this time. So I think that New Japan really wants those bigger names to get further in the tournament because, you know, it's it's this is a much bigger deal this year than it normally would be. Yeah. And I really enjoyed this match. Like, like, I know I said versus when uh, Yujiro was wrestling Goto, I know I said I never once thought Goto was going to win. I didn't really think Kojima was going to win either. But uh, I just liked their chemistry more. There was a really good back and forth. Lots of hard hitting. Hard-hitting moves, and then, you know, everything is evil, which is like that. Uh, is that what that, that is, the everything is evil, the STO takedown so, that evil does? Yep. Sit out power bomb is darkness falls, and, you know, and I think that's everything. <laughs> um, Welcome by to the our way. professional New Japan Pro Wrestling <laughs> podcast where we don't even know the fuck it finishes. <laughs> well, it's hard to keep track of them all because every wrestler in New Japan has a name for all their signature moves for the most yeah. part, you know? So the old school guys maybe don't, but like all the new guys, I mean, they, they, there's a million move names for all their different moves. So it's hard to keep track of, but, but uh, yeah, I'm a big evil fan. If you're new to New Japan, keep an eye on that guy. He's another. Like, yeah, I agree. Keep an eye on him. And you're, he's, he's a very environmental wrestler. What I mean is he like, he'll use everything in his environment to kind of do moves on, on other wrestlers, including the ref. Like there's a usual spot <laughs> that he'll do where he'll throw a wrestler's leg at the ref. The ref will be like, oh, shit, and catch the leg. And then, you know, Evil will do a move on the wrestler. 
or or uh, his tag team finisher with Sonata is the magic killer. So uh, he'll he'll throw a wrestler's you know legs on top of the ref shoulders and do a magic killer like that. It's just like a really really cool neat shit like that that Evil does. I, I, I find is pretty awesome. Yeah, I thought that Red Shoes, it was confirmed that he was joining LIJ since he talked. He kind of <laughs> helped people win this match. Now, Luke, this is the end of the first round, right? It is. So what, you know, what were your overall thoughts on the on the first round? And what, you know, what did you enjoy the most, you think? Well, wow, that, that was the end of the, they really should have swapped nights four and three, I, I guess because night three would have been a better end to round one. Uh, but I really enjoyed it overall. Really good match quality, you know, barring a few things here and there. Uh, my, I think my, my favorite matches are still uh, El Desperado and Ishii and uh, maybe Yuji Nagata and Suzuki, but also up there for me with those two matches would be uh, Sho versus Shingo. That, that was a match in the first round. I saw the brackets. I was like, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most because uh, I really like the story between Sho and Shingo. So for me, that was my uh, my my pick of this week's round one matches, I guess, uh, Sho versus Shingo. What about yourself? What did you think of uh, the first round? Nagata versus Suzuki. I mean, that's, I'll just say that yeah. over and over again. I mean, that was the greatest match that we've seen so far because yeah. – it was a true main event style match. And and a lot of these are tournament match. I mean, they're all tournament matches, but they all were wrestled like early round tournament matches. So we, you know, again, we're still in like the third gear, you know, but, but Minoru Suzuki and Nagata, they went to the fourth gear in their opening match. So, you know, I can't wait to see what they do next. And that's really got me excited. Um, I also really, really liked Okada versus Gato. I think that's a hilarious story that's so fun, and I love to see the bad guys get the egg on their face. It's always a blast. And uh, and, and then ones that you mentioned already that were tremendous. I mean, you know, I, I can't wait. As this tournament goes on, and we're about to start the beginning of round two um, or the quarterfinals, it's it's just going to get better and better. And, and one thing that New Japan does well is that they are – in a constant crescendo, like the, the promotion in general is in a constant crescendo uh, that is going to explode on uh, the night of dominion. So, I mean, and that's what they do. So of course guys aren't going to go 100% or 110% early in this tournament, but they will late and then they're going to have another gear even more. And it's, it's just going to be fucking great, man. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited, dude. And here we are the start of round two. It's uh, night five of the New Japan Cup. It starts off with a pretty solid matchup. Uh, Taiji Ishimori versus uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And I just want to point out, they, I remember I remember, I saw Chris Charlton tweeting about it, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. They had a match in the Best of Super Juniors last year, which lasted four minutes because Kanemaru just out, out, <laughs> assholed him pretty much and cheated his ass off to win uh so and then he also you know charlton also mentioned that ishimori has not beaten kanemaru apparently in 14 years and that includes two promotions <laughs> so that that tweet you know usually when you see things like that 
because he's got his commentary voice on as well, like when he does these tweets. Usually when I read something like that, I'm like, I really like that 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 bit of uh, trivia. That's a nice little statistic right there. Makes me think Ishimori's more is winning this match, though, doesn't it? <laughs> well, you know, and Kanemaru is in Suzuki Goon, and Ishimori is in the Heel Bullet Club. So, you know, there. This is an interesting match where you had mentioned that you know they do heel on heel matches a lot of times in New Japan because of these tournaments, and and they're not afraid of it. But you know, usually one person will kind of default to the babyface, and in this case, that was Ishimori. You know, because basically he couldn't even do shit before Kanemaru was cheating 20 times, you know, he couldn't even do his entrance, you know? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh, so it was pretty great to see Ishimori kind of in that spot. And what's great about New Japan is that face-heel dynamic is not the same as it is in America or Western wrestling. It, it changes depending on the location of where they are and mm-hmm. who they're facing, but it doesn't ever change the character. You know, Ishimori's still a little shit. He's still trying to cheat and stuff like that, even though he's kind of wrestling as the de facto babyface in this match. So it's up to the fans to decide whether they want who they want to cheer or who they want to boo. And I fucking love that. I think it's great. Yeah, you see that all the time. Like a really good example is uh, Okada. Like he'll go to a, a town where they're not very Okada friendly. And so rather than do his, you know, babyface stuff he'll act like a bit of a cocky jerk you know because uh look nothing nothing he does is going to turn this uh this area of japan in his on his side so he might as well roll with that and uh you know use that as part of the story of the match so that kind of stuff happens all the time in new japan i really like it and uh all right so we got I really like this next match too. It's uh, not particularly long. It's like around 13 minutes or something like that. It's a slugfest. It's a actually a one-sided slugfest, yes. if you can believe it. Uh, Togi Makabe versus Tomohiro Ishii. And Makabe's shit music's back, dude. Did you notice yeah. that? They... they... You know, we usually hear immigrants. So- well, you know, we don't usually. We usually hear the shit music, which is the overdub. And uh, you know, and he has the immigrant song. It's like a, co- it's a cover of the immigrant song too. Like, who's gonna sue him? You know, it, it uh, sounds, it sounds about as much as like immigrant song as uh, self high high five sounded like. Smells like teen spirit. <laughs> That's pretty great. Um, you're right. So this was. <laughs> A one-sided match for the most part. Um, Makabe uh, got a couple big moves in. Like at the beginning, he kind of won a strike exchange or like the, the shoulder tackle exchange. And then he had this big like um, kind of overhead suplex off the, uh, you know, while he was in the tree of woe. He reached up and pulled Ishii off the top rope and Ishii flipped off and, you know, and went flying into the air. And that was awesome. But Ishii was a mean motherfucker in this match. He didn't give a shit. He's like, this was... A perfect example of the Japan, the the Japanese machismo on display here. You know, Ishii saying, "I'm more of a man than you. I'm, be- you know, I'm tougher than you." Yelling in his face while he's just stomping on him. <laughs> and and they got to something really quick in this match that is usually in kind of your bigger you know, uh, main event style matches in New Japan. They have a spot that I call the shitty kick spot, and that's where the 
you know, someone's on the ground selling and the other wrestler is just taunting him by just giving these little tiny shitty kicks to the head. And it happens all the time. And it's just like when that happens, that's that's like, you know, the ideas that then get that person to kind of get up and and, you know, fight back. But it's just they got to it so quick in this match. I was like, man, Ishii's giving the shitty kicks. He's fucking winning this for sure. You know, (laughs) it was great. Yeah, I there's usually a bit more of a back and forth in Ishii matches, but I guess uh, this time it was it was just not Makabe's night. Match ends with some of these fucking brutal headbutts right into Makabe's mush. Like, ah, oh, that's just devastating, especially from a uh, some you know no neck motherfucker like Ishii. Just those <laughs> headbutts, headbutts, brain buster. Ishii makes it to the next round. I, I. I I appreciate Ishii in tournaments. They never they never chump him out in the first round in elimination tournaments. So he's always in a few matches because you want to get a couple of really good Ishii matches in your tournament. Like why wouldn't you? It, it just it just makes perfect sense. This is another good one. It's maybe not as good as the El Despi match because that one had a bit more of a ba- uh, back and forth. And I guess they wanted to make El Desperado look like a threat, which is really cool. But now Ishii with the beatdown. And it's over. Yeah, so it's a it's a shortish kind of match, but it did everything it needed to. It was fucking awesome. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, and, I, uh, I hope that this is a message that they're giving us that Makabe won't be in the G1 if they have a G1 this year. Because I, I, I've seen enough of his matches. You know, I, he's like one of those guys where I see him and I'm like, okay, it's going to be fine. But I've kind of seen everything he can do at this point. And, yeah. uh, and unless he's going to do some crazy shit like Tenzon did in that match, I, I'm kind of like, eh, all right, Makabe's fine. He's not one of my favorite guys, to be honest. Yeah. I, I look, I don't watch a Makabe match and think, oh, okay. Um, I always think, you know, it's going to be a, a solid, uh, dependable kind of brawl, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. And, uh, all right, the next match. Next match. <laughs> Made me chuckle, I guess. We've got uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Kodo Ibushi versus Taichi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Dauki. Who's getting pinned, mate? Uh, well, Dookie, yeah. He's the Dookie guy, right? I mean, you you tweeted it. You were like, Dookie's in this match. I wonder who's going to get pinned. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it is uh, it is poor, poor Dookie. Dauki, Dookie. Uh, change your name, mate. I'm sorry. It... it <laughs> All right. Look, if he won more matches, I probably wouldn't give him a bit of shit about it, but he doesn't. So there it is. Uh, so this match is pretty much like at some point, you, Taguchi comes into the ring, and uh, I was just like, oh, yeah, he's in this match. Right. Because <laughs> the story of this match is, of course, uh, a preview because uh, Kota Ibushi and Taichi are going to wrestle each other in round two of the New Japan Cup. And I think they were also setting up uh, Dangerous Techers. That's uh, ZSJ and Tai Chi versus Tanahashi and Ibushi for a heavyweight tag team title match at some point. So I'm not sure if Kota Ibushi will go through to the finals. Neither would Tai Chi, I don't think. Uh, mostly because <clears throat> I don't think you want to have another Kota Ibushi-Naito match so soon. Uh, they had about... I think they had... Look, it's always a good time. But uh, I think it'd be be nice to give that a bit of a break for a bit, myself. So uh, I don't I don't know I don't I don't see 
any anyone in this match winning the New Japan Cup, but you know they did tease the Ibushi Taichi match really well. However, no. I'm a little more excited about the idea of the Golden Ace versus the Dangerous Techers in a heavyweight tag team title match. I oh, for sure. Great. And and we'll talk about this when we preview the next uh, next round about what this means for that next match between Taichi and Ibushi because yep. I have an idea, you know. <clears throat> but I think. Uh, one of the things in this match that I thought was just fucking insane is that, of course, they're beating the shit out of Tanahashi. And at one point, Yuki is holding Tanahashi while um, while Taichi is giving him – or no, it was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is hitting uh, Dragon Screw leg whips on him, but he's just holding him up so his leg can't go with his body, and it just looks like yeah. he's just yanking his fucking leg off of his body. <laughs> <laughs> shit was crazy. And then, uh, you know <clears> – <throat> So, uh, you know, Dodon by Taguchi, which is a, a finisher I quite like, actually. And uh, Taguchi pins Dauki there. And we've got what we usually have after three matches. We have our Way of the Grandmaster promo, you know, disinfectant time and commercials and shit. And then we have, or, yeah, I'm going to say it, my match of the night. Yes. Easily. <laughs> and it's a fun comedy match. It is Toru Yanu versus Hiromu Takahashi. I fucking loved this match. Uh, one of the things... I will say one of the things that made me fall in love with New Japan. Yes, the strong style, the hard-hitting matches, the great in-ring. But another thing that made me fall in love with New Japan was they got a sense of humor about themselves. You know, they don't, don't always take, the, take themselves too seriously. They... They have those matches. I heard meowing in the background. That's all right. I'm surprised my cat hasn't meowed either. It's all good. She's been a good girl tonight. And, yeah, so, you know, New Japan has a sense of humor about itself. It's not always serious. And I remember seeing, I mentioned this last week, Okada versus, I'm sorry, uh, Omega versus Yano. And, uh, and I was just like, yeah, all right. That just made me fall in love with New Japan even more. And this is another reason uh, just to... You know, you get so many high-hitting big matches, and sometimes you just you just want to see something fun. And you've got a guy like Taguchi that can bring that out, and then you've got the the ultimate cheater, Toriyano. So I loved Toriyano versus Hiromu Takahashi. Hiromu comes out wearing a hard hat, you know, strapped to his head. He's, he's looking scared. He doesn't want to go in the ring. He, keep, he keeps telling the ref uh, to, you know, to check Toriyanu because, uh, you know, last time in the tag preview match, he had about eight clippers or something like hair clippers in his in his trunks. <laughs> but this time he doesn't just have hair clippers. He's got scissors hidden all over the arena. <laughs> yes, my God. And, and, you know, I thought they were setting up – a, a deal where he was going to use the scissors to cut the tape at one point, but that didn't end up happening. But I mean, it you know because we had the the you know the tape and and you said at one point you said that this particular ref is kind of the most buffoonish of all of them, I think, because he is he just is a clown. And uh, of course they buried the shit out of the ref, but that's part of the deal. And um, these guys wrestled all over the place and even. You know, the finish was so goofy. You know, <laughs> Haruma talk. Go ahead. Yano, sorry. Yano, Yano does like it. 
hair. Th- I think I remember this when uh, Suzuki had a hair match. I can't remember who it was with, uh, but he lost the match and had to kind of shave this really awesome mohawk that he has. So it's a kind of a big deal with hair in in, Jap- in Japanese wrestling. So Toriano, like the biggest douchebag that you see, you know, the kind of arsehole that will play prank on you at a party by you know, clipping some of your hair off. Yeah, he gets the scissors, one of his many pairs of scissors and he cuts off a lock of a Hiromi Takahashi's hair. What a bastard. So, oh, my God. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, man, tell us about this finish, man. It's fucking amazing. So, you know, they have kind of wrestled towards a, 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 uh, uh, Elevator door, and um, which young boy, which young lion was it? I, I can't uh, remember. It was Yoda Suji. Okay, so Yoda Suji has been taped to Hiromu Takahashi around the legs, so that like a three-legged race, right? Um, by by Yano. So that means Hiromu's having to drag this young boy around and kind of use him to help him win and stuff. He even like you know beats the count here in a second, but uh. So, you know, Hiromu finally gets a hold of the tape. He ties up uh, Yano's feet, and then he just blinds Yano by taping around his face so he can't see, shoves him into this elevator, and shuts the door. And then him and and the young boy just slowly make their way to the ring and barely make it in before the count. And so uh, Hiromu wins by count out. Fucking amazing, <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> what I love about Toriyanu matches is... <clears throat> Yes, you know you're gonna, you know what you're gonna get, but then they find new, new ways of of, of uh, making it fun or a new twist. Oh yes, he's brought the tape out before, but you've never seen him thrown into the elevator like a chump. Oh, uh, yeah. You've never, I've never seen him tape someone's legs to a young lion. No, that, that has happened. So that, that was in uh, so the yeah. One of the Kenny Omega matches, they did that, and um, and actually Kenny Omega gets in the ring. I think it's Ren Narita that's with him, and they actually start doing moves together while he's taped together. Uh, also, <laughs> also in one of the matches, um, Yano taped Kenny Omega to the barricade, and so and Kenny Omega had to drag the barricade into the ring to beat the count. Fucking amazing! <laughs> so yeah, they he will do all these kind of fun stuff again. But just when you feel like uh, that, this is funny, and I've kind of seen it before. There you go, blindfolded, thrown into an elevator, and a three-legged race to to beat the count out. So you can kind of say that not only did Hiromu Takahashi win, but you could also say that Yoda Suji has won his first ever tournament match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> Now, as that might be my match of the night, but the main event, uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Yuji Nagata. Oh man, I I love like I've always liked Yuji Nagata, but uh, maybe I came into New Japan a bit bit late. Obviously, later in his career, so I see him just as being like this big dad to uh, all the uh, young lions. You know that kind of kind of guy the uh the, the mentor as it were so i really liked him bringing it to minara suzuki and he brings it to okada as well i was really impressed by him in this match this match was all about yuji nagata standing up and saying listen 
not only can I still go, but I can still beat one of the top guys. And, uh, you know, Okada basically saying, no, you can't, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, it's, this is just your classic. I'm better than you match. But what's awesome about this is because, you know, Okada is one of the best sellers in professional wrestling. He's one of the best wrestlers, period. And again, a very unselfish guy. There's a pattern here with these kinds of wrestlers where he makes his opponents look amazing. Back during his uh, initial giant title run where he just like defended the belt like 14 times or something, he had matches with everyone on the roster that was worthy. And he made them all look amazing, no matter who they were. And, um, and that's kind of the skill that he has. And when you put him together with a guy that is awesome, you get double awesome. That's what you get. So. Yeah, I just want to say back to Evil, right? Uh, Evil was the very first person I saw pin Kazuchika Okada. Was, uh, I think, back in the first G1 I ever watched. And I knew he was this kind of unbeatable powerhouse, you know, cranked up to 11, rarely gets pinned. And yeah, so I kind of marked out. I I think Okada might be the only one I mark out for when he loses, and it's not a disrespect to him, but it just happens so rarely. But you always believe that oh, maybe this other guy's going to win. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, and he's doing a bit, doing things a bit different with his tournament matches. Uh, you might not have noticed it in the first match because it was a bit more of a comedy but i did notice it in the second one no rainmakers uh, he hasn't he hasn't thrown a rainmaker in uh, either match he wins both of them by submission with the uh, cobra clutch now he tried he did try in this match uh yeah you know there was a couple times where he had nagata kind of wrapped up and, and and tried to swung a, a rainmaker at him which is a, a ripcord uh lariato and uh he but he didn't connect, you know, and so it, you can hear even the announcer scream rainmaker. Oh, no, you know, like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it, that finish is in a lot of ways not really a finish because he is always in the big matches where he has to hit it like six times to win, you know, and so it, it doesn't have the same effect when you're facing someone like Yuji Nagata, if you were to hit it, because I wouldn't think that one would take out Yuji Nagata in my opinion, but yeah. that's just, you know, so it, but it's a fun storytelling device to have this finish that you maybe need to hit a few times. And there's a lot of guys like that. I mean, the Destinos like that. And, and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things like that in new Japan. Um, but I, you know, this is a, if you want to get an idea if you're like, I don't know if I'll like New Japan. Let me try it out. Just watch this. Just watch Okada versus Nagata. If you don't like this, you're not going to like New Japan. If you like this, you're going to love New Japan. This is like yeah. a standard, great New Japan match. Yeah, it is. And, all right, after he beat Suzuki, you know, it gave him a bit of credibility. And I was like, oh, maybe. But I still I didn't quite think that uh, he'd overcome Okada. And... You know, it, it is possible that um, Okada might win the whole bloody tournament like he did last year. Uh, or was, Yeah, yeah, he did win it last year and uh, beat Switchblade so, for, the, uh, for the title. So, I, yeah, I think he, he, I think he could win it. He does, he does win this match with, you're saying no, please, no. Yeah, you, I, don't, 
Well, I love Okada, but I don't root for him. You know, to me, me too. Like, like I just don't root for him because like I've seen all of his shit and it's awesome. It's fucking great. And and when he's on top of New Japan, that's a good time. However, there's so many other guys, you know, and and I'd rather see Switchblade and you know and Naito and guys like that get their time because Okada had his time and man, it was a long time. So it's like you know, to me, I'm almost a little tired of him. But I mean, yeah. I still love. Him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. It's just you know, I want to see other people win, and I'm one of these guys that if somebody is so super popular, I'm almost turned off by that a little bit, and because I think you know what, you don't need me to root for you. These other guys do, you know, and that's kind of how I feel about Okada. I just, I think I said it perfectly before. Uh, I think I cheer more when he loses than when he wins. When he wins, I'm just like, oh, so close, <laughs> you know, and and that's still no disrespect to Okada. He's 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 fantastic, and I guess that's the vibe he's going for because he he, he does make everyone he wrestles with look like a million bucks. He has a, a skill that a lot of New Japan wrestlers have, but not like him. And I don't think I've ever seen anybody do this like him. He kicks out at 2.9999999 every, like, every time it's meaningful. And uh, his kickout is the best kickout in wrestling. And just that alone makes his opponents look amazing just that you know it and along with all the other things and skills he has i mean it's just he's one of the best wrestlers in the world no doubt yeah uh which is it's, it's funny too because he's I, I wouldn't even put him in my like top five even though i still think he's one of if not you know the best wrestler in the world that's just a personal i guess preference thing you know yeah uh, well, well yeah. next going to go ahead and preview the upcoming shows you ready to move on and, and start doing oh, that i am very <laughs> all right well okay so our next show is going to be next week i think it's monday i'm assuming uh and that will be the new japan cup uh second round quarter or you know quarterfinals whatever you call it and uh we have a bunch of matches on this one is tai chi versus abushi now when we were talking about this before don't you think Tai Chi's going to win, and that's really going to set him and Zack Sabre Jr. up as a really big threat for those those heavyweight championships? Don't you think? Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think they're they're trying to make Tai Chi look like uh, more of a contender and a threat to things. As I said, he beat Naito at some point last year, which I think was his first major heavyweight win. It wasn't for a title or anything; it was just a grudge match. But still, Tai Chi beating Naito. Big deal. Uh, tai Chi beating Hiroshi Tanahashi. Huge deal. Doesn't matter if it's round one. A tag match. Doesn't matter. Tai Chi pinning uh, Tanahashi is a big deal. And if he goes on to beat both members of the Golden Ace, that is definitely going to set up one hell of a, a team. Uh, I'm just looking at the New Japan schedule. Uh, it says Wednesday, July 1st. Uh, Thursday, July 2nd, and then Friday. So, sons of bitches are going to make us wait uh, a little longer this time. They they do have weird schedules. They're all at the same time, though, for both you and I. So that doesn't change. So so I'll just let the listeners know right now, it's going to be a little later. Uh, Episode three, I guess, because... uh, 
we'll wait to the three shows air and then uh, you and I will jump on and uh, and do the show. So it so don't don't stress if you don't see it. You know if we can't do a show if there's no show. So yeah, there it is. Yeah, and and before we wrap it up, I'll give everybody kind of an update on what's going on with the feed and and when that should be up and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but next uh, we also have Sonata versus Show. And I have a couple theories about this. One would be, so let's say Sonata wins, and then Tai Chi beats him, because then whoever the winner of this faces Tai Chi versus Ibushi, and then that even makes Tai Chi even more of a contender because they're, you know, Evil and Sonata are kind of, you know, a tag team in the heavyweight division. Maybe that's something I don't know. Um, but then if Show wins, you know, he he doesn't really. Then he would beat Tai Chi, I guess, and then Tai Chi's out. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, that's tough. That that would mean like, well, does show beat Sonata? Uh, I mean, it's possible, you know, or you could have a storyline going on where show actually beats Shingo for the title and then Sonata's like, hey, I've beaten you before, you know, and you're a junior slim pick exec or something like that. But, yeah, I see Sonata beating show uh, because... I don't think Sho needs another win in the New Japan Cup because uh, he's already got his big win over Shingo. So I see Sonata beating Sho. So okay. I think it'll, I think it'll be uh, Sonata versus Tai Chi uh, after that. But uh, oh man, I'm getting excited! Like <laughs> I, I, I watch another Tai Chi versus Naito match. Hell yeah! Uh, I yeah. think uh, they've got a really good uh, rivalry going, and if that this tournament would have built up Tai Chi to be a credible threat. Uh, I think he, I think you'll lose against Naito because it's way too soon to pull those titles off. And no offense to Tai Chi, but you don't want to see two belt Tai Chi, do you? Uh, no. Yeah, I I mean he's Tai Chi's a, a character, and and because he's such a strong character, which one day we'll break out, we'll break down what that character is and all that stuff. But he, you know, he doesn't necessarily need a title. You know, just because he's such a strong character. However, you know, you know, I, I do want to see him win the, the championships as far as the the tag belts. I think that'd be a lot of fun and, and move on to the next thing. And so, you know, but it could be just that him and Zack Sabre Jr. are just stand-ins for G.O.D. while COVID's going on. But we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so the next match uh, on the first uh, next Wednesday will be um, maybe the worst match ever. It's uh, Yoshihashi versus Bushi. <laughs> Not good. Not good at all. I, is there anything to say about this? I mean, this is going to be bad. Yoshihashi wins. Yeah, it probably wins. So, um, which, you know, and then the next match after that is uh, one that we've seen a million times, and it's always awesome. It's Evil versus Goto. That's always awesome. They're like the same wrestler in a lot of ways, the way that their style is and everything. So when they match up against each other, they gel very well. And, uh, I, I, you know, I love their matches. They they, they feuded over the Never Belt, I think, and they yes, feuded over uh, – in the G1, they usually are in the same block, and you know they they've wrestled each other quite a few times, so this will be fantastic. Yeah, and uh, I just want to note that you just said a Hiroki Goto match will be fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, there's something wrong with me this morning. So, <laughs> so. I mean, I, th I think you're editing it, so uh, you can kind of like just uh, delete that. <laughs> <by that. laughs> 
that's too much work. Well, okay. So then on uh, on uh, the second, which would be Thursday next week uh, for me, Friday for you, uh, we got uh, Ishi versus Hiromu Takahashi. All right. Um, and and so what we're what they're doing too is they're having this is kind of not fair for some of the wrestlers because the people that wrestle today they get a lot of rest. Right. But the people that wrestle on the first have to wrestle again the next night because that's yeah. the next round, which is kind of not fair. But um, but it, it's OK. I mean, these guys are awesome and they're going to do great at it. But uh, uh, so you got Ishii versus Hiromu. I mean, I it's going to be really hard. I mean, Hiromu's already had his story in this in this tournament. It, I, think I think we're so. going to end up seeing Ishii versus uh, Okada again, because then uh, we have Okada versus Ishimori and the winners of those two matches uh, face each other to make it to the finals. So, um, you know, that's going to be interesting. And then on the other side, uh, let's see here. We, I guess we don't know yet. So we don't know on the other side yet because the, the results of seven, uh, the show on, on July 1st will uh, then make, you know, let us know what's going to happen for the rest of the of the quarter or semifinals. Excuse me. Yeah. So and then we have uh, the finals um, on uh, the third or excuse me the uh, the semifinal. I don't know what these fucking things are. The last round before the finals on uh, the third, which will be Friday, and then yeah. the finals on the eleventh. So um, I don't know, man. I I'm getting more and more excited. Like I said, if we do end up getting to see Ishii versus Okada, that is a signature. Um, New Japan match in the same vein of, uh, you know, Sonata versus, um, or, you know, who am I saying? Tanahashi versus Okada. It's like that same kind of signature match that is just outstanding every time. So I can't wait to see that. Is there anything that you're looking forward to that might happen? Potential Ishii versus Okada. Wonderful. Can't wait. But what an odd matchup. Ishii versus Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, completely different styles. I think uh, Hiromu, you know, can do a slap fest. Uh, we saw it with that crazy match earlier this this year with Dragon Lee, where you know the first ten minutes of it was just them repeatedly slapping each other in the chest. So we know we know Hiromu Hiromu is a uh, a tough cookie, but uh, the size disparity, I guess, might might come into play. Uh, Ishii's going to make Hiromi look good, but uh, I think Ishii's going to smash him. Is it, I wonder if right. Ishii's ever lost to a junior. I bet you there's no doubt it. I don't right? know, but what I do know is that Ishii has a habit of beating champions in tournaments. Mm. Uh, so I don't know if it was last year's G1 or the year before. Um, there were three champions in his block, and uh Ishii pinned all three of them. So <laughs> that's pretty great. I like that. That's a, that's a, this is the kind of shit you come to the Never Open podcast for. Is this kind of stuff? All right. I mean, <laughs> we're doing it, you know. Um, well, last week we had some match recommendations, and uh, you recommended a match. I recommended a match, and we, we each watched uh, the recommended match, even though I, you know, I'd already seen the one you recommended. But um, this also I think that's going to be common. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but we watched it so we could talk about it a little bit. But Luke, uh, we got to kind of address something here, and I don't really know how to do it. Um, you know, there's been this speaking out thing that's going on in pro wrestling. It's making me so sad. 
Um, and the only thing that's making me happy is doing this podcast. But um, New Japan has not come away unscathed, and there's been some uh, some issues uh, talked about with Will Ospreay. I, I mean, how do you think we should handle this? I don't know how to handle it. I don't either. Um, I'm a bit gutted. Uh, I have a Will Ospreay shirt. Uh, if you listen to last week's show, this is prior to me knowing anything about any of the real life stuff that has happened. Uh, I said my favorite match in New Japan history was Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi, so I recommended that. And then over the course of the week, uh, so many horrible, terrible things uh, came out. And Will Ospreay was one of the people mentioned. Uh, It is what it is. I can't, I don't know, I'm pretty proud of that first episode and I don't regret my recommendation at the time because I didn't know, man, I was in the dark. Um, Now that I am uh, a little more knowledgeable, uh, I think I'll acknowledge that there is a Will Ospreay in New Japan and look, I can't deny it, he's a good wrestler and stuff, but uh, I might uh, tone down my uh, celebration of uh, him and his matches. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know what else I can I can really do uh, in, in terms of that. So it, it sucks uh, that uh, horrible people have done horrible things. And I guess, uh, look, we don't really have to, on our podcast, I should say, like we don't have to deal with it too much because, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, he's stuck in England or something at the moment. And New Japan is a little slow with these kinds of things. Uh, like uh, when allegations came out about Michael Elgin, uh, they did keep him on TV for the uh, like duration of his kind of contract and time there and then they they didn't renew his contract or he quit i don't don't know which one so they were they were a little slow to kind of deal with that i don't know how they'll deal with with uh will osprey but uh what i do know is uh if they do take a more elgany kind of stance about it you know i can say oh yeah here's an osprey match yeah we'll we'll uh We'll address it kind of how they do as far as that goes. But, I mean, you know, we'll wait to see what they decide to do. But, I mean, yeah, we're not going to be uh, jumping up and down for any Osprey matches. Although, you know, the one that you recommended, I watched it again. It's fucking awesome. I mean, just watch Shingo and pretend the other guy isn't there, and uh, you'll have yourself a good old time. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what else to say about it. You know, it, it sucks. We're all lost. We're all completely with this stuff so you know if you're looking for us for guidance on how to handle this stuff i, I don't i think you need to look somewhere else because i don't know the answers you know all we can do is uh acknowledge it and uh when the time comes to i guess uh you know look will osprey versus blah 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 and you know i, I will probably spend the time putting the other guy over a hell of a lot more yeah because uh you know We'd rather celebrate um, good people who do good do good things than uh, horrible people who do shitty things. That's for sure. So I do appreciate you watching that match. Anyway, uh, it is worth it because um, one man in that match is 
not listed in the names. Um, I don't think any anyone else from New Japan was. So uh, you watch it for Shingo. Uh, he he does lose, but uh, Dude, it's ridiculous. It's a fucking war, and yeah. like even when Shingo loses, he's still strong as fuck oh, yeah. in the off to the point where you're like you can't believe it. Like you can't because he had gone all the way through the tournament uh, without losing, you know? And so this, I, I was so pissed when he lost and uh, I was still pissed again when it happened. So uh, even though I already knew it was going to happen, I was mad again. So uh, I man. think it turned out pretty well for Shingo because uh, I never seen a junior wrestle his way out of the juniors as fast as Shingo Takagi, you it's know, true. Uh, just over a year in the biz. Now he's a heavyweight He's it's I mean he was in Noah for years and years in Dragon Gate and or Oh, I mean in New Japan. I know I know he has a history. <laughs> All right, right, cool. I know he didn't just uh come into New Japan as a thirty something year old man, totally fresh <laughs> off the uh young lion training program and here he is. I know that. But uh Yeah, so <clears throat> I think it's been a really cool journey watching Shingo uh and here we are, we're talking Shingo more anyway. So, um, because we got to see him have amazing matches with all these super juniors, and I was worried that when they elevated him, I was like, oh shit, I wanted that show story to continue. And then Shingo got himself the never open weight title, and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, we can do a show story still. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason, you know? That's pretty great. But, uh, well, I had recommended, um, what was it, uh, Nakamura uh, versus Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom 9. You watched that. What did you think of that? I watched it just uh, around dinner time with uh, with Charity, my wife, and we fucking loved it. Every second of it was fucking incredible. Easy to find. Uh, as you said, I just typed in Wrestle Kingdom 9, and then I – uh, we didn't watch it on the main TV. We watched it with the Chromecast, but so I had to find it again. And then I just typed in, uh, what if I just go Nakamura versus Ibushi? Boom, there it was. Uh, the good thing is, with a lot of these matches on New Japan World, by the way, if you don't want to watch a whole show, and I mean this for older shows than more recent, if you just don't want to watch the whole show and just want to watch the match, uh, this match from Wrestle Kingdom 9, there is a file where you just click it, you watch Wrestle Kingdom 9, but I clicked on just the match, which gave me the intro promo, the entrances, the match itself, and then the closing. So, uh, you know, they've got a really good UI there at uh, New Japan World. So uh, speaking of fifth gear, uh, what you were saying, uh, I know exactly what you mean because I think I saw it in this match, especially where uh, Koto Bushi's hanging off the ropes and then... Um, off the middle rope, and then Nakamura's just giving him these just fucking brutal kicks to the head. And after about four or five of them, Ibushi just stands up, and he's just like, nah, I'm not having that. It's uh, it's legs versus legs, pretty much, the, this match. Uh, they kick the crap out of each other really uncomfortably, like, you know, kind of what I said about last week, you know, stop it, stop it. Oh, my God, keep going, keep going. <laughs> It's uh, it's incredible uh, and really great finish. Fantastic match. Uh, 
And then out of curiosity, I was like, this is five years ago. I wonder if I recognize any of the young lions. And I did. I, there were three, but the only two I really got a good look at were a very young show and yo. No kidding, huh? I would expect to see David Finley and and Jay White too, and maybe Juice Robinson at the time, maybe. Um, you know, as far as the Gaijin, but yeah, I mean, the match I'm going to recommend this week has has a bunch of people around the ring, but uh, we'll talk about that in here in a second. But yeah, I that's one of my favorite matches ever. It's a it's the pace of it is very bizarre if you're not familiar to uh, New Japan, and it's just like because it kind of the wind comes like, Oh, he won. Oh my God. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's one of the first, it's my introduction to that pace. And it was such a surprise and everything was so great about it that I, I just, you know, if I, if I'm feeling down, having a bad day, which I've been having a lot of those lately, you just pop that match on man. And, uh, through this, uh, this battle, you know, uh, of, uh, athleticism and, and toughness, you get to kind of, live vicariously through these two who just beat the fucking hell out of each other. And it's fantastic. But, you know, um, it also involves what I think is maybe the best entrance in the history of pro wrestling. What did you think of the, uh, of the Eugene or the Eugene, the Nakamura entrance? I, I loved it. So it's crazy. (laughs) I only know, and I, yes, I am a host of a new Japan podcast and I'm going to admit this. I only know, WWE Nakamura. When I started watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, he'd already left for the WWE by a few years by that point. So to go back and 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 see him and just pull out a match like this, and then be depressed when uh, you see the kind of shit he's doing across the pond. Yeah. In the other company, it's just uh, oh my god, you've got you got you got you got a, a, a big star there. Like, uh, yeah, that, that kind of sucks. But as for the, as for that, like um, if you, you, and you only get one, one recommend a week, cause that's just how I roll. Cause any more than that, then it feels like homework and I hate homework. But uh, <laughs> if you, or Hey, anyone uh, listening to the episode who uh, knows a little more about new Japan than I do, and if you've been watching more than three years or in and out or whatever, you probably do. Uh, feel free to uh, give me a tweet at, uh, at neveropenpod or grumpy2eb or email me at uh, neveropenpod at gmail.com. Give me some Nakamura New Japan recommends, people. Uh, and uh, I won't probably I won't sit down and do a Nakamura binge, but, uh, you know, when I want to watch a, a, a wrestling match and uh, having dinner or something like that, I can... Uh, I can easily look that up. So, uh, you know, there, there you go. Uh, I've, uh, I didn't want to do homework and then I just gave our listeners homework. So how's that? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Luke, what's your recommend this week? All right. I know you've seen this match, but, uh, this is the second one that popped into my mind. Uh, it isn't my second favorite match if in New Japan history, but when Moxley, joined New Japan or became a kind of on-again, off-again wrestler for New Japan. One thing I didn't expect and it blew my mind was not only was Moxley going to do matches in New Japan, but holy shit, he's in the G1? Like, what? Are you fucking serious? 
And I'm like, all right, I've, I've liked what he's done so far. I think most mostly so far it was a, a title match with Juice, and it was a good pick for his first match because him and Juice, you know, would have locked horns together before and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to see how he would fare against New Japan wrestlers in a grueling ass tournament. Could he do it? Could he go toe to toe? Would his will his matches be um, really good? I, I do. I always like Dean Ambrose, but uh, you know he would have said it himself. He wasn't always you know, used in the best way. But I was easily uh, taken by Moxley's performance in the G1 and. One of my favourite matches was between John Moxley and, you know, the usual tournament MVP, Tomohiro Ishii. It's a crazy fun match. It is a brawl, but there is one particular moment where Ishii, who's not known for doing such things, Moxley's, you know, you know he's, uh, he's not in the ring. He's walking around out, outside. Ishii jumps onto the top rope. No, I tell Fibs, Moxley's laying on a table on the outside. Ishii climbs the ropes and friggin' frog splashes Moxley through the damn table. And I'm just like, all right, that is just insane. I've never seen Ishii do a fucking frog splash before. The match was fantastic. Uh, it, I think it, it really showed me that, like, man, what the hell was... What the hell was Moxley doing in that other company when he could be doing? He could have been doing this for years. Like uh, when uh, a man is motivated and gets to be uh, in a ring with fantastic competitors, uh, he has something to prove. And I felt I felt he proved that in the G1, and his match with Ishii was fantastic. So that's my pick. What about you? Well, that's a tremendous pick, by the way. I actually just watched that recently, but I'm going to watch it again this week because uh, I, uh, you know, there's a lot of goofiness in the crowd and stuff like that. It's it's an interesting match. It's not your typical Ishii match, like you said. So uh, that's something to check out. Well, my match recommendation this year is the finals of the Best of the Super Juniors 2015. It's Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida. Um, if only. Just to hear the announcers try to say Kyle O'Reilly over and over again, that's worth it. All right. That's funny. On how do they say it? Is it Kyle O'Reilly? Bunch of R's is how they say it. So, <laughs> um, now, this match, you know, it was, you know, in the Super Junior Storm. I'll tell you a little bit about this. So, the winner of this match would go on at Dominion to face Kenny Omega, uh, who was the junior heavyweight champion at the time and refused to be in the tournament. So, um, it's like it's a completely insane war. Uh, both guys are kind of masters of all three phases of the junior heavyweight style, which would mean high flying, striking, and submissions. And they do a section in the match which is high flying submissions. I'm dead serious. They're doing submission moves okay. while jumping off of shit. So there's a lot of that, um, you know, and there's a lot of their styles really gel well. Um, also during the match, the ring is surrounded by photographers and other, and all the rest of the people that were in the, in the G1 tournament. So of all matches that, you know, we see, I think are all promotions that we see. I think new Japan does the big match feel better than any other promotion. And this Great. match 
feels like it's the most important thing in the world. I mean, the crowd's losing their fucking minds. All these guys on the outside have rooting interests because maybe one of these guys beat them. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they're not in the same faction. Maybe they are, you know, and, and all the photographers and the flashes. I mean, it is just fantastic. Um, and, and interesting to, to your point about uh, Dean Ambrose. Uh, now both of those guys are NXT and they'll probably never touch each other. So, um, <laughs> So it's fucking crazy. But here's an idea of this was a very weak Super Juniors tournament. Uh, here's just the the blocks real quick just to see who all these guys beat up. Uh, block A had Kyler Riley, uh, Taguchi, Trent Beretta, Chase Owens, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, Barbero Cavarno, which was like this caveman guy from CMLL. Yeah. He was garbage. Uh, Gato and then Komatsu. I'm not sure who that is. Um, and then the other block was Kushida, Bobby Fish, Mascara Dorada, uh, Rocky Romero, Tiger Mask, uh, Nick Jackson, and Alex Shelley, who got hurt like two matches in, and then David Finley. David Finley didn't win one match that whole tournament. <laughs> so, was he the young lion for that for that tournament? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, that, that could be the case because this was back in 2015. I don't think he became a roster member till mid-2016, but I could yeah. be wrong. But so that match... Been- Seeing Ren Rita in a best uh, super juniors. And, yes. Yeah. They, they, a lot of times lately they have one, you know, one or two of the uh, of the young lions, and I think last year they may have even put um put a uh, uh did they put a young lion in the G1? I think they did, didn't they? I have to go back no, and look. I don't think okay. so. Well, somebody's got to lose, you know, so it's, it's always smart to put one of those guys in there if you can. <laughs> but I recommend that one. Um, they also had another match. They had this kind of tradition where the finals will also be the first match uh, or either that or it'll like it'll um, main event the first match of the next year. So they also have another match the next year. It's not nearly as good. The first one is just fucking fantastic. So uh, check that out. Luke. Wow, we did it again, man. What it, now, just real quick to tell people, you know, I'm having a little issue getting this show up on iTunes. It should be up soon, but it could be a couple weeks. I'm not sure. So, you know, I'm kind of in a situation where, you know, I don't know if we should continue to put it up on the Road Home feed or we should just launch the Podbean feed, which will be our separate one. We'll figure all that out. But either way, you'll still be able to find our show, uh, you know, this episode later today. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate the folks that are listening because we've, you know, we had a decent, uh, decent listenership for the first episode. How do you think things are going, Lou? Uh, I've had a absolute blast both times. Uh, look, uh, and this, cause we're running up near the end. Uh, this is a question I had, uh, popped in my head at the end of the last episode. And, uh, it, it's got to do with say both podcasting and I guess commentating, and I'm just like, how do the commentators piss? Like, do they uh, they become? Uh, I'm sorry to be crass. Uh, how do they? Uh, how do, are they like experts of all holding it in? Do they have like a jug by their feet or like how do they manage to do that? Because you know we we've just done like around two hours now, and uh, I'm kind of I'm not I'm not going to explode when I'm feeling it, and I guess people really <laughs> need it to know. So just that that. <laughs> <laughs> that popped into my head, but uh, as for as for doing this, uh, it's you know it's, it's been a blast. Glad people have listened. They didn't listen too closely because I told them to email me and they didn't. So yeah, naughty. <laughs> <laughs> Second episode, like just berate your audience, Luke. It's fine. They love it. 
Are we ever going to get the American accent? I mean, Jamie Coy wants to know. So that's that's just. I mean, he's calling us out, saying we got to if we set stuff up, we got to knock it down. I mean, is that going to happen, or are we just going to keep teasing it? What do you think? Uh, well, we're only on to episode two, aren't we? Let's see how we let's see how we get closer to Dominion. Maybe you know, a big uh, a big show. Maybe has a uh, a little bit of a bonus. Maybe you know. <laughs> It'll it'll happen just like just like in New Japan when you think uh, you know something might not happen a couple of years later it does and then it all be and that whole time it's all been like one gigantic story so you never know uh, I think the only uh, American accent I can do is maybe really bad Southern and uh, yeah that's 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 it that's that's all I got. Well, that's all I got, too. You want to wrap it up here? Yeah. Um, in ghetto, we trust. Yes, we do. Hello, Lolo, and welcome to the never... Oh, I fucked it up. 